What's up, everybody? This is Mike Gilbert. Today's episode of Brace for Impact is brought to you by Deluge, a graphic novel thriller written by our very own J.D. Oliva. Order your copy on Amazon today for just $3.99. And thanks for listening to this special bonus Hard to Kill post show. This was originally recorded moments after the pay-per-view ended and posted immediately and ad-free on Fight Game Media Plus. For more exclusive, premium content, go to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia and subscribe for only $5 a month. Now enjoy the show. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD, by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? Well, I was pretty miserable up till the show started. I got <laughs> yeah. home. I got home. It's uh, show started at seven. I got home at seven oh eight because, um, yeah, it's just this car stuff, man. I don't want to talk about it. Show was fun. Let's just leave it yeah. at that. Yeah, yeah, man. I we're we're in a much better mood this time uh, than we were after Bound for Glory. I would say this is like a million times better. Bro, I was ready to walk off last time we did Bound for Glory. I was like, why do I do this? Why am I? Why do I pay money for this? What am I doing? And tonight's completely different mood. Completely different. Completely different. Uh, I, I had some troubles myself. Um, I don't know if, if uh, the audience can hear right now. I'm having uh, some audio issues. It's because my internet crapped out at the house. I actually had to um, I had to shut my Wi-Fi off um, and then put the bring it up on my iPad using my 5G, my LTE uh, and watch the pay-per-view that way. So I didn't even get to watch it on my TV, but I watched it on my iPad just fine. And uh, it was an incredible show. And I'm doing the show right now through the iPad. So I have my mic set up and the computer and everything. So uh, uh, thanks for everybody for being flexible there. Thanks, JD, to be uh, to, to man the ship tonight uh, and cover my butt on, on these issues that we're having. Hey, it's a government internet, man. It's a military-based housing. It's, it's what you get sometimes. So the, it's crazy all the money we spend on defense budgets and we can't get you guys decent Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I actually spend money on the Wi-Fi too, but the best they can get is absolute crap. So, and that's what we're dealing <laughs> with tonight. <laughs> oh, lovely. We're good. We'll make yeah, it work. So tonight's going to be a unique show because um, what I wanted to do is me and me and JD usually run down these shows, but uh, I wanted to bring in some of the Patreon listeners, man, the Patreon, they, they support the network. They support the show. It's the reason why we're able to continue to do the show. Um, and it's the reason why, you know, we're, we've been so successful doing it. So I wanted to bring them in. We're going to, this is going to be kind of like your drive time late night uh, or not drive time, but a late night call-in show. Like I used to listen to a uh, live audio wrestling all the time. And on Sunday nights after the WWE pay-per-views, um, I would call into those shows and, uh, and listen in. And then there was also a guy on the cable radio network named the shadow man. I would listen to him on Friday nights and I would actually call into his show and talk wrestling. So we're going to do that using the, the, the available technology that we have just through zoom here, we're going to post a link in our brace for impact chat. And uh, we're going to get some of our, our favorite people in the whole world to come and chime in, chime in on the pay-per-view. Man, I used to listen to live audio wrestling on the real audio player. Like these, <laughs> these kids today, they don't know what it was like for streaming audio back in the day. No, man. No. Um, and uh, so, and I think we're also going to get, uh, you know, Jason Hagholm uh, reached out to us. He says he wants in on this deal. So we're going to bring him on tonight. He's waiting to come in. He's in the waiting room, waiting, just chomping at the bit, waiting to give us his impact takes. All right, man. So uh, let's let's go ahead and kick it off first. What I want to do right now is I want to just talk about some of the news. Tons of news dropped so much so that I never even got my article posted before Hard to Kill because news was just dropping so fast. I kept having to edit it. And I had a lot of pre-hard to kill stuff. And it didn't get posted until like Justin messaged me during Hard to Kill. I was like, dude, 
but we have to wait till after hard to kill because so much news is happening. You have to redo this article. So I'm going to have a, me- a mega article come out tomorrow with all the news that's been happening with impact wrestling. Um, the biggest news um, is that Mickey James is going to be at the Royal rumble next week. Um, that is big, but what I think is even bigger and what's more important to impact is that Pat McAfee on SmackDown acknowledged her as the impact knockouts champion. And then on their Twitter, on WWE's Twitter, they acknowledged her as the, as the knockouts world champion. That is a big deal. This is a cross promotion between the two companies. I I think that, that it's very cool, man. I like to use the phrase acknowledge. It's very on brand. Mm -hmm. We're acknowledging it. Um, would have been nice if they mentioned the, the pro. Did they mention the pay-per-view or just Mickey coming in? They did not promote the pay-per-view. Eh, you get what you get. That's okay. Ba- it's baby steps. Baby <laughs> steps. Uh, if I had, if, if we had known this before our show, I would have changed my pick for who wins the damn <laughs> main event, but whatever. It's yeah. fun. It's good. Um, I think it's good for impact. Um, I don't trust WWE because I've seen how they book champions from other companies in the past. So yeah. if you're expecting her to make a cha- a triumphant run or be in the final four, you could be setting yourself up for disappointment. I saw people shadow booking Roman Reigns versus Moose. <laughs> um, don't, yeah. don't do that to yourself. You're just going to be miserable. I was doing that just to see if I can get people to bite. I don't actually like, I, I think I said, it's like, maybe oh, it was shit. US. maybe it's you. I saw no, that. I saw no, that no, somewhere. I put, uh, I quote tweeted there. It was like, okay, now put Moose in the men's Royal Rumble now is what I said. So uh, I did I did see someone say, oh, you posted the, the Reddit thing where someone's like, oh, this is this is brilliant maneuvering by Nick Khan to tank <laughs> AEW. Like, what are you people doing to yourselves? This is yeah. ridiculous. I know, man. It's, it's so funny. Like, what so here, what really happened is is the WWE released so much so many of their female talent. Fired all their women. <laughs> they don't have enough to fill up a Royal Rumble. So now they're like, oh shit. And so like, you know, Vince is like, well, bring in Mickey bring James. In Mickey. And they probably, they're like, well, he works, she works for Impact. And he goes, Impact is still a show. That's yeah. A, that's so odd. Right. Give yeah. her some money. Yeah. Give her some money. Who's, who's running that shit show over there? Oh, it's Scott Demore. Oh, that guy who used to job on Superstars in 1993. Uh, he'll, he'll <laughs> go for it. And then that's probably, and Bruce Pritchard and Scott Demore, I assume are friends. Like, I would they've known so. each other a long time. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure it wasn't a very difficult deal to make. It was probably like they reached out to Mickey. And Mickey said, yes, I'll do it. And they go, well, you should get Impact's uh, permission first. And then Impact or Mickey probably just called Scott and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. And Scott's like, okay. Yeah, I mean. Because Mickey's a free agent. She is not contracted. That's according to Sean Ross Sapp. Okay. Yeah. But she's, yeah. And so she could do this if she wants. So they're just being nice because she's the champion. And uh, can you please please mention our title on your show? Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's cool all around, man. Oh yeah, I, I, it's cool. Yeah, I, I dig it, and I know I know some of the uh, the unsexed uh, people on Twitter, <laughs> the uh, the involuntary celibate folks are already tr- uh, you know out there saying like, oh, what what does Impact get out of this? Already starting that conversation. Oh, Lord, not, not not Larry, by the way. He was joking. He was actually making fun of the situation. But there's already people like, oh my God, what does Impact even get out of this? Who even watches their show? It's like, my, come on, my, guys. My favorite is the people going, well, this is better than this is more. This is more important than when Kenny Omega came in. I'm like, whoa, whoa. They mentioned the show. They mentioned the show for a split second and put out mm-hmm. a tweet. Like this, the the earlier thing led to some increased revenue. Like. Eyes and ratings. Let's uh, let's let this play out before we start crowning champions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, But aside from that, the other big news, and I think long term might even be more important to Impact, and that is Tom Hannafin, the former Tom Phillips from WWE, 
replaced Matt Stryker. And I got to say, it was a breath of fresh air. He did a fantastic job on commentary tonight. I thought he was tremendous, brother. I, yeah. And you know what? We didn't, we didn't bring him up in, in our show this week when we were talking about like who could possibly replace Stryker. We were kind of, you know, pinpointed on Rick Abani, who showed up tonight and was, mm-hmm. was great during the Gresham match. Um, so we, we, we kind of had dialed in on him. I think we even brought up Moro Ronaldo. On, on the Brace for Impact Twitter, I did have a poll, and I mentioned Tom Phillips. And I think just because I had seen him tweet a few minutes prior to that about Penn State football because he does a Penn State podcast. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's still out there. I'll just throw his name on there, not thinking he would actually be the guy. And sure enough, uh, he, he not only did he do it, he did a great job. He probably is the sexy pick for like, you know, us hardcore nerd fans because we all love Ian Riccoboni, but he was in there tonight and he knocked it out of the park and it was amazing to hear a professional, like good quality professional announcer doing impact. It just took the show up another few levels and he really, you know, he's well-trained and it's fun to see a guy like that get to show some personality and not have, not have someone screaming in his ear and telling him what to do every five seconds. So it was, mm-hmm. uh, I think he did a great job and I look forward to watching the regular show with him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think they removed one of the barriers to people watching the show, which has been Matt Stryker for a long time. And previous to him, it was Josh Matthews. Uh, Tom Hannafin is not going like the announced team is no longer going to be one of the barriers for people. They're still going to make the excuse. There are a lot of snobs out there and they're already all over Twitter. Impact fans are happy today. So there's a lot of idiots out there that are just ready to shut them down for liking something that they don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, Those those people are existing. But I, I thought um, I thought the hire of Tom Hannafin was a complete home run. Yeah, they did a great job with him. Yeah. So um, overall, b- before we bring anybody in, um, JD, you know, overall thoughts on the show and what was your favorite match? It's pretty damn good. Um, so I think this is one of the best. This is uh, when I bring in my friend, our friend here. I'll tell, I'll give my yeah. my hot take. But I really I really like the show. Like it was uh, probably my second favorite show of the weekend because I am a snob and the Noah show with new Japan was special for me. That was my oh. Disney. That was my Disneyland. So right. that's so the impact show was fantastic, man. It was awesome. They did a great, yeah, they, uh, they did a great job. I feel so much better about this company coming out of this show than even two hours ago. Yeah, man. I, I thought, I thought it was a grand slam home run. Uh, I thought every match was good to great. I thought there was only, and we'll, we'll talk about it later. I thought there was only one real match that didn't really live up to the rest of the matches. But even then, I, I think if the other matches weren't as good, like we would have probably thought that match was better, if that makes sense, because the other matches were so good, it didn't seem as good. Yeah, work um, rate was really good tonight. Yeah, um, I, I talked to a friend. He's like, well, you know, what, what do you think was the major change tonight? And I was like, I think they just told the roster to go out and kill it, and they freaking did. Um, I have a thought that I will – I'll wait till Jason comes on because I want to bring okay. it to everybody. So let's let him on, actually. I'm cool. let Jason yeah, let's bring, let's, bring in, uh, let's bring in Jason. He's coming into the room right now. Hey, uh, connecting to audio. You got to wait for Zoom to let someone in officially. Yeah. Jason, can you hear us? I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, there he is. The man, Jason. Yes. Hello. What'd you think, man? What was your opinion on the show tonight? Dude, that was a killer pay-per-view. That was an excellent show from Impact that definitely got the juices flowing for I think what impact can be in 2022 as you know, 2021 was really about the AEW working with, and that did get generate some buzz, but after April, that kind of, that buzz had fizzled since they kind of let Kenny Omega go back to working in AEW and whatever. But this show with 
the talent that they have right now with whether it's Jonah, Josh Alexander, you know, Moose, your champion, and, you know, just introducing some new guys, even on the pre-show, which I was just catching up on, like speedball, Mike Bailey is going to be a fantastic get for impact in that X division and the women's X division. Like this was a great, a home run show for impact. And I I'm excited to see what they can do this year. Mike, let's see if you agree with me on this. I said, this is the best impact pay-per-view ever. What's your thoughts? I, I think that it's it's right up there. Um, the the pay-per-view that got me hooked again on Impact, because I, I went quite a few years without actually watching the show regularly. I was kind of more of a passive fan. Um, was the Slammiversary from 2018. Um, I thought that was one of the best well-built cards they had ever done. Um, this is definitely, but this beat that one, and this is the best card in Anthem history. I think if I, I go back, I'm trying to think of a, of a card that may have, Topped it up and better. I know Jason um, is an unbreakable 2005 guy, but I'll be honest, aside from the Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles match, I don't remember much else from the card that, uh, that, that year. Um, and I know there was a card in 2006 um, that had the, the six sides of steel with the, um, with uh, America's most one versus a uh, triple X. I thought that was an incredible match. I think it was a lockdown pay-per-view that they did. It was, Oh, I think it might've been Oh six, maybe Oh five timeframe. Um, was it 04? So, dude, it's been it's been so long. And that tells you how great this card was. We have to go deep, deep, deep into the archives to try to find a card that was better than this. Um, but I think that if we were to watch them, and maybe we should with Jason, maybe we'll bring his ass in and we'll do a watch along of Unbreakable yeah. 05, and maybe we'll revisit this situation. <laughs> Since Jason talking shit. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I but. I, I I'm think, not. I, I'm just getting on JD for the technicalities. Oh, because it's because it's, it's, it's a different same. Because it's a different company. It's the same company. Those were, guys. Those were NWA titles being defended on that show. It's completely yeah. different. It's like, yeah. like I said, it's like Misawa's All Japan versus the thing Jake Lee is in right now. It's completely different. <laughs> yeah, they they hold they hold the lineage, but I think it's just through uh, financial means they hold the lineage. Um, very similar. You know, it's very similar impact, actually. Yeah, impact is anything but uh, TNA, and I would say this was um, this was like a coming out party for the company tonight, and they they really needed to deliver because they did get a lot of attention with that SmackDown stuff last night. Um, there there were people, and we saw them. There were people mm-hmm. actively like researching Impact. Like, hey, I haven't heard about Impact in a long time. WWE fans who won't give AEW the time of day. Impact gets mentioned on SmackDown, which is their number one show. There's too many people watching that thing. Not to mention all the people that are watching worldwide. Those people were researching the show. I don't think that'll actually lead to any um, any like increased or a, like a significant amount of pay per view buys. But the brand awareness is out there, and what they did tonight is they increased their brand awareness because not only are we all talking about it, so you got some of the hardcore fans, you got mid level fans, but most importantly, the members of the media tonight are talking about just how great this show was. I saw Denise Salcedo, Sean Rossap, Andreas Hale. A lot of the people that people, their, their opinions matter. They're out there um, carrying the banner tonight saying how great this pay-per-view was. No, it was really great. This is the show they needed to have when Kenny Omega came in. Cause I know a lot of people jumped yes. in when, when a lot of people jumped into impact in late 2000, late last year, late 2019, actually, or late 2020, excuse me. 2020. When, uh, yeah. When Kenny Omega came in, a lot of people, myself included, cause I hadn't watched impact in a couple of years. I came in and I was like, well, boy, this show is rough, you know? And I think that hurt them. If they had this product ready to go at that time, <laughs> I think it would have helped them a lot more. I think that the 
the experiments of a year ago have really helped hone the product because it has gotten a lot better just in the time that I've done this podcast, the show has gotten significantly better. And that hasn't always translated into ratings, but the quality has been better over the last year. So I think they're, uh, to use the cliche, the ducks are definitely in a better row than they were. So I'm glad they're, I'm glad they're in a better place. Yeah, I think so, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a big hit for them too because there was an AEW show on tonight and I saw more people tweeting about Impact than Battle of the Bells. Me too. And I think that's mm. a that's a win for Impact with mm. you know AEW's coming off a debut on TBS from Wednesday a pretty it seemed like a pretty decent show on Friday I didn't get to see it but to get everyone pretty much talking about Impact and that card that's another positive for Impact as we you know just start 2022. Yeah, because AEW in a lot of the eyes of uh, many members of the media and a lot of the, the hardcore fan base just can do no wrong. And for Impact to take any attention away from them who are like the, the internet darlings, I would say, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's a significant win. Um, so, hey, Jason, while, while we have you here, um, before we, we get into the card, we haven't done the match by match uh, yet. What, what was your overall favorite match of the night? I'd probably say either Josh Alexander and Jonah. Cause I, I, I really liked that match a lot. Um, I didn't, I, I came home late just as the show had started. So I did miss the women's X division though. I heard that was really good, but for like a strong style match with Jonah and Josh Alexander. And I thought the feud was actually a pretty good little buildup for it. I thought, I thought they really knocked it out of the park and, you know, Alexander got to showcase some high flying. Jonah continues to showcase his high flying, but that powerbomb spot with Josh Alexander and Jonah Mm. was like one of the most impressive feats of strength I've seen in quite a while and on a wrestling show. Absolutely. Uh, And and I thought Jonah was uh, more impressive than I've ever seen him. And I've always been impressed by that guy, but I I thought he really showed out tonight. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Working boots JD, what sure. was your favorite match of the night? Oh, you know me, man. Gresham <laughs> and yeah. uh, Saban. That's uh, that's my jam. They did the pure rules, which I was very curious how that was going to get over with the Impact fan base because that is not something the Impact fans are, are used to seeing, like the pure rules. And <clears throat> quite frankly, we haven't seen a whole lot of good pure rules stuff in front of big crowds, right? There's only been mm-hmm. a handful of ring of honor shows that got a crowd. So uh, the fact that, that again, I was worried, about, I don't want to worry about this, but I talked about it on our show that they're bringing in Gresham essentially cold, right? He had no TV time coming into this match. Saban really didn't even do much to push it. Like it, it was, it was definitely thrown. To, it feels like this ring of honor thing is thrown together at the last minute, which is fine. Yeah. Um, they made the most of it. They really did. I thought that Gresham and Saban had what you would expect from Gresham and Saban. It was a really fun match. It was good. It it satisfied the fan like me that, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not the most hardcore impact guy, but um, I got to take my medicine. You guys heard that. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not the most hardcore impact guy, but I am a hardcore wrestling fan that likes wrestling. So this was for me, the perfect match. And I really enjoyed it. I, I thought that match was absolutely incredible for me. Um, uh, it's, it's between that match and the Josh Alexander Jonah match. Um, and I, I really did. I was worried about the Gresham match going in because the impact fans don't really know much about him at least, or so I thought the the crew there in Dallas, the fans in Dallas, they, they, they represented tonight and they were chanting, doing ring of honor chants. They, they bought into everything. They were on their feet for that whole match. They were loud and proud and, uh, you know, Gresham and Saban just absolutely destroyed it. Dude. They were, they were incredible. So uh, great, great picks by both of you guys. What about uh, JD? You? Oh, what, about uh, you? what was your favorite match? Oh yeah. It was in between um, Josh and Jonah and uh, Gresham and Saban. I, 
I'm having wait. a hard time pick between. Yeah, I know. Way to ride the fence. Way to I ride know, the man. Fence. It, it's it's definitely between it's definitely between those two. Um, and then you know what? And for their part, and uh, it, it, I didn't think it was at the same level, but Macklin and Miguel, I thought, killed it tonight. Yeah, yeah. that was really good. I agree. Yeah. I, we that was one we talked about that could be really good, and um, we wasn't we weren't going to be sure about it until it actually happened. And I thought they did a great job. I think Macklin and um, Trey have great chemistry together. I still don't quite understand why we needed the stipulation other than it just ends a feud. I think that was, I think this is where I don't like impact all times. I think they book themselves in the needless corners sometimes like this, this didn't have to happen because now it's like, well, now he can't challenge for it. Now the feud is over. Now they have to go their separate ways where I don't know, like entertain me with the idea that maybe something could happen again. Like it just, it didn't, yeah. you know, that stipulation and how it finished up, it never settled well with me. And then now that we're, now that it's at its end, it really felt needless to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like to see some more matches between the two. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Macklin costs him the title at some point, And then that's how they continue the feud. Um, you never know. Or, or they're just ready to move Macklin up to that uh, main event scene. Cause I think he's very good. And I he think he good. gets some, he can get some uh, big wins, and then next thing he could be in there contending with Alexander, with Moose, and Morrissey and those cats. How frustrating is to think about this guy was just kind of wasting away at the performance center for the better part of a decade? Yeah, insane. I, I think I think you look at that card and be like, these people are just wasting away. For this real pay per view. It's like mm-hmm. these people were just wasted, and now wow. Like, so how do you think they feel? How do you think most of the Impact roster feels about the fact that everybody's going crazy because WWE paid attention to them, right? Like, I think a lot of these people got to be like, have a fuck you attitude, like, because they fired. Like, I was thinking about this during the show. A decent chunk of this roster, including now people that are commentators and working behind the scenes, like, were fired by WWE. Like, that's got to, I don't know. Like, it's, it's it's interesting to me that we, that there's so many Impact fans, especially that are like, oh my God, we have the, the <laughs> WWE rub. Now they, they love us. They love us. It's just, it's so it's so surreal to me that we found this. Like I said in the in our group chat, I'm like, yes, we had people who've hated the WWE for years are now thanking them openly. It's just, it's strange, man. It's real strange. <laughs> it's, it's very strange, but it's it's highly entertaining. I love it. Oh, it's the I, best. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It's the it, best. You know, it, it reminds me of, um, there's some idiot football fans out there. And there's one guy on Twitter specifically that's a big 49er fan, me, that is... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I hated Richard Sherman, the cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks for so many years. But once he came to San Francisco, I was like, you know, this guy's actually pretty good. <laughs> he seems like a great guy. I, I love this guy. It's it's a very similar situation. Den- Dennis Rodman. I grew up in Chicago yeah. with the Bulls. We hated that guy when he was a piston. And then all of a sudden he came here. It's like, this guy's the man. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> marks. Yeah, well, marks. You, completely. Yeah. Sports marks. Completely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, absolutely. All right. Um, so JD, uh, have you put the, put the link there in the chat yet for, for the other cats? Nope, I'll jump in right now. Throw All right. There. Do that. And then what we'll do is I'm going to go ahead and start running down the card. And then as people pop in, we'll call on them and then we'll just get their overall thoughts on the show and what their favorite match was. And then we'll go ahead and turn them loose. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right, man. So uh, Jason, why don't you go ahead and stick around, uh, especially because my um, I'm on my iPad tonight. My internet went out of the house, so I'm using my LTE. So Mike, you might need to just save the show. Mike, adjust your, ca- your camera a little bit because your eyes are getting cut off and it looks weird. There okay. we go. This there is- we go. You got to see. Got to see my baby blues. This is YouTube shows in the year of our Lord, 2022. So <laughs> Mike and I have the same shirt, by the way. I have the hoodie. Oh, you got the yeah. I got the the oh, hit, Hitman shirt. Uh, I got, I almost got a bro hug tonight at the store, by the way, wearing my Hitman shirt from a total stranger. 
that's cool weird yeah. but cool <laughs> yeah yeah all right so uh on the pre-show we had jake something defeating uh, madman fulton which surprised the hell out of me because when jake something got pulled from that four-way x division match that was also on the pre-show i thought that brother was gone I, I i had earmarked him out of the company at that point but no not only was he on the show he actually got a, a victory over madman fulton yeah that's shocking because um, we kind of been reading the tea leaves a little bit and thinking like he was on his way out, like his best friend's just been axed. It seemed like he was next in the chopping block. Maybe we were wrong. Maybe, maybe he's sticking around, which I hope, hope he is. I think he's, I said it before, I'll say it again. He's the most underutilized talent on the roster. I think they need to do more with Jake. Absolutely. Uh, Jason, you get, a, you get a chance to watch this? I saw some of it. I honestly just wanted to see the, the four-way X division match that they, had just announced with Speedball mm. Mike Bailey, Laredo Kid, uh, Chris Bay, and Ace Austin because I thought that's just that's just old school TNA kind of X Division mm. style match that they'd yeah. announced. But uh, to JD's point, I think Jake something. Even though I hate his name, I still hate it. It doesn't <laughs> seem scream superstar at all. But he is someone that I think could be a player in the something. X Division, especially with the uh, X Division style that they're kind of going with the the no limits style kind of like with Samoa Joe back in like 06 style with those matches. And there's a lot of talent out there. I think that that's where you could really use him to the fullest. Yeah. I yeah. agree with that. A absolutely. Um, so the next match was um, speedball, Mike Bailey, uh, the debuting speedball, Mike Bailey, a good Canadian boy there, Jason. Uh, he defeated yeah. Chris, Chris Bay, Ace Austin and Laredo kid. And what I thought was a very, very good, uh, kind of a car crash style X division match, old school, like uh, Jason was saying, uh, early, early TNA days, X division style match, just uh, really, really good stuff here. Yeah. I mean, speedball Mike Bailey's going to be like a real big player in that X division. Like what I'm very happy for him. Obviously he couldn't come to America. He was banned by the U S government from coming in from Canada. I've seen this guy at many Indies uh, in my time back when we could go to shows in this great country of ours, not some not damned to this pandemic uh, that, but he's going to be excellent. I saw him wrestle the blade back in London, Ontario in 2019. And it was one of the best indie matches I've seen. It's a great get for impact. I think he's just such a unique style and he does all that with just kick pads on no, no boots impressive yeah he's he's great jd i think between your government not letting anything happen right now and our government keeping a terrorist like speedball mike bailey out of the country we all have something to be frustrated about <laughs> yeah over a paperwork snafu give me a break yeah um but jd what'd you think of the match didn't see it didn't get home till five minutes into the uh x into the uh, um <laughs> the ultimate x match as i told you i was driving home from wisconsin Right, yeah, you you had a, you had a rough day, brother. <laughs> so you, you you are forgiven, sir. Thanks, All right, sir. so we'll go ahead we'll go ahead and get into the show, man. Um, the first match was the uh, knockouts uh, Ultimate X match. Yeah. Steals defeating Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace, Alicia Edwards, Rosemary, and Lady Frox, uh, Frox and and Lady Frost, man. Uh, they a uh, little, little sloppy at times, but I thought overall was an incredible match. Um, they, they really delivered. And my pick once, that uh, makes me very happy. Uh, Tasha Steele's got the W there. Uh, I, I, I was fearful there for a second. I almost thought Chelsea was going to win that shit. But thankfully, it was Tasha that got the victory. I like the finish a lot. I like them, yeah. them grappling over the X, and I thought that looked good because, again, I had no idea how they are going to pull it off. It was a little sloppy in spots. Some, and I, I, I find this a lot. I find that a lot of wrestlers have grandiose ideas and have a harder time executing them, and it doesn't always work. But 
you know, I mean, if I can forgive the Lucha Brothers, I certainly can forgive these six women who work their asses off. Uh, your girl, Lady Frost, had an unbelievable moonsault off the top of that giant scaffold structure thingy that looked unbelievable. I don't know why she did it in, in terms of kayfabe because she took herself out of the match after that point, but it looked really cool, so I'll allow it. Awesome, Jason. Yeah, I, I didn't get to see this as I, I just got the pay-per-view and came home like as the uh, Macklin-Trey McGill match was being announced. I literally got the pay-per-view during that horror movie commercial that was sponsoring this event, <laughs> and I was like, what the hell did I buy? I was so confused for like two minutes. Yeah, yeah. did you think, I was like, wow, Decay, that stuff has really gotten pretty good, huh? It's, They're really selling it yeah. well. The budget's <laughs> gotten way higher. They had a nice the production game. values have gone through the roof with Anthem. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, are you guys? So, sidebar: Is anybody interested in that movie? Because I'll be honest, I think I am. No, and I no. love horror movies and stuff like okay. that. Like, I just, I don't know, man. The I have this, I don't know, maybe it's just my contrarian nature. The minute a wrestling show tells me I need to watch this movie, I'm done. I'm never, I'm never gonna watch it. <laughs> like, it's just this is uh, this is not. Oh, Suda wants to come into oh, the room. Bring, bring Suda. Okay, Suda's coming in. We'll give him a second to get. Suda's connecting audio. Suda's in the room now. Suda. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. What's up, brother? Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, everybody, Suda called in right after Bound for Glory. He was in the audience that night, gave us a live report, man. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the show. Uh, question, we'll get you in and out of here. What were your overall thoughts on the show, and what was your favorite match? I, I well, you know, I, I thought that the show was was pretty awesome. I'd probably give it a ten out of ten. And um, if, if you're somebody that follows me on Twitter, then you know, I'd probably be one of those guys that's labeled as a as an impact homer. But you know, I, I yeah. really did think that this show was was really good from top to bottom. And unfortunately, I did miss some action because uh, I, I got some sick folks in the house so I kind of had to tend to them in between matches and then it go into matches so I got to go back and watch a few things but it was really good and actually you know I, I think that my two favorite matches probably equally were probably the the Ring of Honor World Championship match between uh, Jonathan Gresham and Chris Sabin and then the X Division match with um, Trey Miguel and uh, Macklin man I when Macklin first came to Impact like I, I really didn't care about him because I didn't know a whole lot about him but uh, Impact did a really good job of building him up and you know I, I think he's a real badass so those those are probably my uh, favorite two matches. Yeah, that's awesome. We, we were just talking about how great that uh, Macklin and uh, Trey McGill match was. I, it it kind of is flying under the radar because he had these more spectacular matches. But I, I think that match is right up there just as good as the rest of them, man. I, I really thought they showed out, and I thought this was a coming out party for Macklin. A friend of the show, Macklin, my buddy, Steve Macklin, a, a Brace for Impact guest. So I, I was really excited to see how well he did tonight. I, I really liked his jacket. I like the back of it. So I'm hoping they're going to start making uh, those Macklin uh, bag him and tag him t-shirts. And uh, I, I'm going to get one of those if they start cranking those out. Yeah, man. Well, do, you know, that shirt's going to be on fucking eBay um, within the night, like Ross Forum will have that post on eBay <laughs> uh, along, along with Chelsea Green's underwear and whatever else they're selling on those things. They're, they're, they're going to pick some of those tacks out of uh, Mickey James's back and you're going to be able to buy some of those on eBay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Hey, we're glad that you enjoyed the show. Hey, do you guys got any questions for Suda before we let him go? 
Which show did you prefer? You know, you were a big fan of Bound, definitely more than I was, of Bound for Glory. Which show did you prefer, <laughs> this one or that one? Well, you know, I actually was thinking about you guys uh, after the show was over because you guys uh, called me right after uh, BFG. And at that time, you know, I, I think I, it, it's a different experience when you're there watching oh, yeah. it live and then when you're watching it from home. Because I think for BFG, I still at least had some excitement of being there in the front row and being able to see some of the talent there. But this one, you know, was, uh, it had a better view and, you know, a little bit more, I guess, honed in uh experience of watching it but for sure it was it was hard to kill hard to kill was was five times better than bound for glory awesome man well thanks for joining us i know you got some uh, some sick folks at the house prayers for the family man i hope everybody gets better and enjoy the rest of your night all right thanks mike thanks jd thanks, love the show man thanks thanks for coming on for bringing me back on have a good night good night yeah, man. you too okay we got another guy joining us mike cool cool who do we got now junior the viking king Simpson, the villain king, sir. Villain also, king. Villain king. I, I don't have my Lucha. contacts in, so I apologize. Sorry. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's that's Lucha Donchick. That's uh, oh, that's, that's Lucha. Brother. Okay, hey, what's yeah. up, man? Thanks he's, for coming in. Got, what's up, fellas? He, he's got different names for different platforms. Old Lucha over there. I can't keep him straight. Not really. <laughs> uh, it's Eddie Eddie Edwards's homeboy, Lucha, actually, and uh, as a uh, Kurt Angle's long lost son, he Kurt still doesn't know this yet, but that's his son. <laughs> Oh no! I told him I wrestled Cade. He uh, he told me he was proud of me. <laughs> did, did, did he Actually, call, he call security? <laughs> no, of course not. Awesome, man. Hey, well, thanks for joining us, Lucha. Hey, what? Uh, you know, got just two questions for you. Uh, we might actually have a third. What? Uh, what did you think of the overall show? What was your feeling on the show? I'm glad the knockouts tag title match got pulled from it otherwise you know every every match hit to me mm-hmm. even the main event even though it was a little wonky ending but every match hit so the show was fucking fire long yeah. story short that's a good yeah. point i think that if the knockouts uh, tag match happens the the work rate quality of this show severely drops and again it's fine they're that's why they're on the show they're the yeah. comedy thing but it really it really helped the show that they weren't on there to be quite <laughs> frank it was that was like a, a blessing in disguise yeah man what, you, what was COVID? your uh sorry go ahead that's a thank you covid yeah it's a joke it's a joke covid jokes can get you pulled off youtube i think they're uh oh, they're shit. very serious i'll add that my bad <laughs> no. uh hey, flagged for false covid information i know man hey lucia what was your favorite match of the night yes what? I, I I can't even I couldn't oh. tell you. Um, oh come on! Oh, I, give give us give us one um, to hit the hit the hardest. I called you a fed center, Mike. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. Come on, Lucha. Trey Trey Macklin was like awesome. There you from go. Start to finish. Um, from the entrances, like both of them had like little special entrances. I love Macklin's like Punisher style shit. I love Trey doing the Spider Man multiverse shit. With uh, probably dead and wins for all we know, um, and then the action itself was just ridiculous. So I'd probably put my money on that. That was a great. That's match. cool, man. Yeah, that 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 was a great match. Hey, me, um, look, I got go a ahead. question. What did you think? Because we haven't even talked about this yet. We've been on the show for like ten minutes already. We this has even come up. What did you think of the ROH invasion angle? Oh yeah, unexpected. 
like I was expecting to see some ROH guys come through, you know what I'm saying, given how stuff's going on now, but I was not expecting them to just come through and just kick everybody's ass and be like, fuck y'all, this is an ROH city. You know what I'm saying? And then the whole, the touch where Scott says he's got to call Baltimore and see what the hell's going on. I like that too. So we're, we're in for a lot of chaos. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was, um, you know, one, one of my favorite parts in the show. And I know that um, there are some discrepancies based off of some of the storylines they might have had with some of those guys that invaded. They, they might not have kept to their storyline a little bit, but uh, I, I thought it was incredible. It was a great, great moment and uh, really, really added to the overall show. They have three different versions of the kingdom interacting with each other again, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. Jason, I, Jason, are you a big ROH fan before all this whole thing kind of went down? Of course. I love Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor was like one of my favorite promotions. I mean, it was tough to watch and be in attendance at Ring of Honor in like 2019 when crowds you could see were just dipping. And then the pandemic, I thought they had a great product, but those shows were really affected by no crowd and no Mm -hmm. atmosphere in, in there. And then obviously when the news broke towards the end of last year, it was like, wow, this is really sad of what Ring of Honor I'd known as pretty much is now done for but at least they're getting some sort of buzz still out there and i will give them credit for that with this show and then i know gresham's defending the title at gcw in a couple weeks too so Mm. have does they have something to keep the ball rolling yeah and i i hope uh i hope we see more gresham i really hope we see more rick abani i don't know how they would fit him in I'd like to see Bobby Cruz completely replace David Penzer. Uh, I think David Penzer has no energy, and Bobby Cruz looked like he couldn't have been happier to be there tonight. He was just ecstatic, you could tell. Um, So I I hope we see a lot more ROH folks. Hearing Cruz in the middle of this pay-per-view just blew me away. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd forgotten just how much – because you get used to the ring announcer, right, especially Penzer. Like, I just – I forgot how good Cruz could be, like, in this scenario. And it's just like – he really picked the energy up another level during his intros. It was, it was cool, man. I hope, I hope we see more of him somewhere. Hey, Lucha, one last question before we let you go, brother. Yeah. Hey, what, uh, was this the best impact pay-per-view of all time? If not, what was better? Good question. Shit. Oh man. <laughs> it, 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 oh man. It just might be top to bottom um because like you know there's a lot of pay-per-views you know they start well or they end well or they had one match you know what i'm saying this was start to finish bang 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 mm-hmm. bang bang so i probably my way too early prediction yeah it probably is the best the greatest pay-per-view of all time see that's the, the Lucha anniversary uh 18 i believe it was yeah and that's the one so that that, that was yeah, that's the one that I, I brought up earlier, too. It was like, that one was my favorite for a while, but I think this one has surpassed it, so. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. All right, man. Hey, thanks for joining the show, brother. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. We'll hit you up in the chat, all right? Thanks, Lucha. Yes, sir. Take it easy, bro. Shout out down the villain. Shout out Mike G. Y'all be safe. <laughs> all right, brother. Thanks. Cool. Uh, Lucha, Lucha Doncic, uh, he he showed up tonight, man. Lucha is uh, one of my favorite people in our uh, little brace for impact chat that he's we got hilarious. going on. He's yeah, hilarious. he's great. So, Mike, um, what do you think? Because you see, you at a seven. We were talking about the show. You like gave seven out of eight on matches. What didn't land for you? Um, well, I'm gonna get to that once we get to that match. 
we're all <laughs> yeah, over the place at this point. Yeah, our formats, I know, our formats so, out the window. So I just, I, just for, formats out the window. I, I just want to because we always go seg by seg. So I'm going to try to get to the just do match by match real quick, and then we'll the mil- give a military guy. And you you got to keep it. You got to keep it in the order. That's uh... <laughs> so, sorry, man. Uh, all right, so now now we go to X Division Champion Trey Miguel defeating Steve Macklin in another in, incredible match. Uh, what what did you guys think of this match? Um, I personally, it was you know probably the third from the top for me as far as match goes. If Macklin doesn't have a concussion, I'll be amazed. Yes, he hit hard on that meteora to the outside. That was insane. And then his melon wreck right against the dang guard. The ah. So, but it was, a, it was a freaking fantastic match. I, I've been a bit, I was, Steve Cutler is okay in WWE, you know, whatever, NXT guy, just a dude. I've been blown away by Steve Macklin's performances here. I like his promos. I like his ring work. I like his intensity. He brings something completely different to the show. And I'm a big fan. Yeah. Jason. It's just, just the raw aggression he brings to these X division matches is just something that I think the X divisions needed because the X divisions kind of been, Oh, what high spot can I do? And that's fun and exciting for a little bit, but you need, you don't want to have chocolate cake every day. You want something different as a dessert. Uh, and I think Steve Macklin does bring that, like the spot where he, you know, does that little stampede, like shoulder spear into the corner, but it was Miguel up on the ropes instead of normally the buckle I thought was really good. And they just have great chemistry. The two of them, like they put on really great matches. And we were talking before about the stipulation, like, I haven't watched the TV like you guys, but I thought, well, that's dumb. Like, I hate the stipulation (laughs) of, like, we don't need to have, oh, if Macklin doesn't win this, he can't challenge for the X Division title. And then they kind of went the opposite of it. Like, aha, so you think that he's going to win the title because of that stipulation. Well, he ate the pin, but it's like, well, now we can't make a good match for the sake of making a good match now because we have this dumb stipulation where, he, he, we didn't need the stipulation. We could have just had a great match. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, next, we get a promo from the inspiration. Um, and then Madison, oh, I'm sorry. Not the, the observer guy screwed, yeah, observer guy screwed me again. It's uh, the influence, Madison Rain and Tindall Dashwood. Sorry, that was my anchorman moment where I'm just reading verbatim what this guy writes here. Um, he said that the inspiration were uh, unprofessional for not showing up to work and that they will meet them in Fort Lauderdale. So they actually got a big show a big two-night show um, coming up in Fort Lauderdale for two uh, sets of impact tapings. Um, and then we get a very cool moment. Ian Riccoboni joined the commentary for the upcoming match. And then we got Bobby Cruz in the ring. And I thought he just nailed his announcing duties. I was like, the energy level for the announcer just just jumped up dramatically, man. I thought he was incredible. Just quick thoughts. Give me, let's shout out Bobby Cruz real quick. Jason? Yeah, man. Bobby Cruz is one of the best ring announcers, period. But you, he just... He really definitely set the tone for like, ah, this is a different style match. It's a different, it's a special match with it being a ring of honor title match. And then, you know, obviously you guys probably listened to David Penzer for a while. Look, I've listened to David Penzer for a while. I I think David Penzer is great for the nostalgia factor. Like this guy was in WCW, but he right now doesn't really add anything to the show. Like, I don't even think he sits and stands up to do the Simply, He just sits at the table and like, yeah, you know, following contest is such and such, but yeah, Bobby Cruz nailed it. And, just to have a ring of honor match, a title match on an impact show is just wild to me. Like 17 year old me is just shook at this because like these promotions were pretty much trying to screw each other from succeeding back in the late two thousands. And to have a title match like that still just wild. 
Dude, the Jeff Jarrett led Impact um, put a cease and desist on Ring of Honor because they were going to use the Hardy Boys, and they waited till right before their pay per view was about to go on the air. And Directv actually pulled the pay per view from their system, so Ring of Honor got royally screwed. That, they they absolutely tried to sabotage Ring of Honor at one point in time. Um, so it, it is really crazy to see um, not only these two companies working together, but how Scott Demore and his crew have been able to rebuild a lot of the broken relationships that we've seen in the past. Uh, and Ring of Honor being one of those broken relationships. Well, it even goes back further than that. You're talking about the Rob Feinstein yeah. stuff from the mid 2000s. Yeah. Like this is, <laughs> these companies have this weird. And they got Rick Abani talked about it. The weird parallel trajectory they've had 2002 both launch, and they've both had kind of crisscross at various times and shared talent and used a lot of the same talent, but they're very very different companies over the years. So I mean to have this. It was bittersweet because now like, I don't think we're going to get the same Ring of Honor we've always had, and we still don't know what Ring of Honor is going to be. But it's cool that we had this, man. And we also yeah. have someone else joining us. Oh, cool. Bring him on. Nunzo is in the, sh- is in the show. N- Nunzo, my guy. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. What's, How what's you up? Doing? What's up, brother? Hey, uh, not many people know this, but Nunzo actually joined me in L.A. for that New Japan show, man. We actually got to hang out one time. Yeah, it was a pretty good show. Um, we need to do more of that going forward. I feel like uh, once we get a couple of ones, they have a couple of shows down the road in um, Southern California. I think we should pull up there more often. Absolutely, man. So, hey, Nanzo, uh, we'll, we'll keep you on for a couple of minutes. Overall thoughts on Hard to Kill, man. What did you think of the show? It was a really good show. Um, I actually posted a tweet not too long ago. I was like, between Hard to Kill tonight and Slammiversary 2018, I'm still trying to wrap my head around which pay-per-view was better. I uh, I still feel like Impact has not been able to bring out a pay-per-view that could top Slammiversary, but Hard to Kill tonight was really close. It was really close to that, close to topping Slammiversary 2018. It was a really good event from top to bottom. Not one bad match was on that pay-per-view. Hell, the pre-show was pretty good as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Crazy. Uh, sp- I mean, yeah, hard to kill was the hard to kill was the one show that I really wanted Bound to Bound for Glory to be, but you know, they really they really killed it tonight. They absolutely did, man. So, what was your favorite match on the show? <sighs> it has to be uh, it has to be Josh Alexander and versus Jonah. Uh, Gresham and Sabian was a close second, but I'm going to go with, uh, Josh Alexander versus Jonah. Man, we've, uh, we've been getting that a lot tonight. I think that was Jason's favorite match of the night too. And it's one of my favorite matches of the night as well, man. Hey, uh, Jason, you got any questions for Nonzo? Uh, no, I mean, what did you, I guess, what'd you also think of the fact of like, I thought this show also what added to it was. It was a show with fans, which they've had, but it was out of Nashville. They were in another venue, and it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was a fresh experience for Impact. I guess did, did that add to your experience and enjoyment of the show? Um, not really. Actually, actually had some concerns regarding the venue because that was the same venue that hosted Hard to Kill 2020. 
And just the overall setup of the venue back in 2020 was actually much better than what I saw tonight. I actually posted something on our little group where I made a comment that Impact would probably need to put some covers on their guardrails moving forward because uh, at the last heart, at the the hard to kill that they had the last time they were in Dallas, they did have some covers on their guardrail. It was a pretty nice setup. It was probably one of the best setups I've seen from Impact during the Anthem era. So tonight wasn't really up to par per se, but it really didn't take anything from the event tonight. If anything, the event, the event kind of just blew everything out of the water completely, it made everything completely not, it made the environment completely non-existent. Well, that's awesome, man. We're glad that you yeah. really enjoyed the show and we thank you for coming on. All right. No problem. Thanks guys. Thanks. Yep, ha- yep. Have a great weekend. You too. It's interesting. Like that seems to be the thread that keeps coming through is, is this show versus Slammiversary 2018. So uh, I think we're going to hear that if anyone else pops on, I think we'll hear that again. I saw a lot of people talking up the production value. And this is kind of my thing is yeah. um, I actually, I thought it looked better. Like we'd say, Oh, lights. We can see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like amazing. Um, I didn't think the camera work was very good early on. Like, especially in the women's X division match, I thought there were some angles with things that weren't so great. I think we missed a couple shots here and there. Um <clears throat> I didn't think, and we've talked about this before, where I've been kind of like, eh, on some of their lives specifically. Like, I think when they have the chance to go back and edit, they tend to catch a lot of mistakes. But I thought some of the some of the technical direction lacked at times. Like, I think that uh, I think that could have been better. But as far as like graphics packages go, and as far as sound quality, because we could hear the crowd, which we can't always do very often. I thought the lighting was a lot better. I thought that overall the production took a step up. I think the camera, I think the camera work needs to follow suit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. All right, so next match we got is uh, Ring of Honor World Champion Jonathan Gresham defeating Chris Saban. Uh, to retain uh, in a pure rules match. The only one issue I had with the match, and very, very minor, and I honestly, now that I look back on it, it made me jump out of my seat, so it actually worked, was the false finish there with um, Saban getting the pin and um, Gresham's foot being under the rope. What did you guys like, think of that spot? I thought that was a great false finish. I think yeah. especially in an impact crowd, because that impact crowd, like I said before, they have no investment in Jonathan Gresham. I don't think he's ever had an impact match. <laughs> So, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it, I, they don't have a reason to be into this guy, but they have plenty to be into Chris Saban, right? And I think having a, a really good false finish like that that we don't see very often, but it's totally like it totally falls in line with the pure rules stuff of Ring of Honor, right? So mm-hmm. I think that really it fell in line with what is expected from those matches, and it gave those fans a nice little moment of hope that got quickly dashed away. Cause I mean, like I said before, like aggression is going to be like the NWA traveling champion style. And he was, I wouldn't say a heel, but he was, you know, subtle in those ways where, you know, he wasn't really healing, but he wasn't who the crowd wanted. So I think that was actually a good moment. I loved that part of it. Actually. He was, he was like the, the road team where, you know, you, yeah. you may, like just a, not, not even like a <laughs> hatred team. It's just like, oh, we can't root for that team. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> until the game's over, okay, they played a great game. They beat us, give them their hats, and we'll, you know, on to the next one. And I thought that's what Gresham did 
very well. He he just he's just too talented to hate oh, <laughs> as yeah, like a so. wrestling fan. Like he's great, and I thought the false finish was great. You know what was great about this match? Ian Riccoboni. Ian yes. Riccoboni yes. telling the story of hey, you know when uh, Jonathan Gresham and Saban were in Ring of Honor, it was actually Saban that took Gresham under his wing and groomed him. And now we have this title match and, and Rick Abani also saying, oh yeah, Saban did earn a ring of honor title match. He just couldn't have that title match. And now we're having it now. Fantastic job, Ricky and Rick Abani. Like that's what you want in a pro wrestling announcer to make sense of a lot of things that kind of has gone away from being a thing in pro wrestling. And I thought it was really cool hearing Rick Abani with Tom, who, by the way, Tom, huge upgrade to impact yeah. as a oh, whole, absolutely. Uh, like really changes a lot of the perception and, Tom and Dilo were able to get great chemistry, but just the three of them were were fun for that one match. Yeah, so it's always weird when you get two play-by-play guys together, but Rick Abani did filled in so well as the Ring of Honor guy. Like yeah. it, it fit and like I know we talked about having Ian in all the time for Impact, but I do think Tom, because you know, I think him being having that WWE training is going to benefit him well in this particular promotion because there's some similarities, right? Some of the storylines could be a little goofy and he knows how to sell that. Whereas Ring of Honor is always, you know, the pure sports stuff. So I think that, I think it worked out for the best. They can keep Ian coming in here and there. That'd be a good thing too. I liked it. Everything, everything about this was my favorite part of the show. Yeah, I, I, I love the false finish. I loved Rick Abani. He kind of reminded me of WCW Mike Tanay, where Mike oh, Tanay yeah. was just kind of always yeah. giving you the backstory and the history of stuff. So I, I felt like he was in that Mike Tanay role. If they had more stuff like that, I think that he would be a guy that you'd want to keep around long term. And then if they had a second show, like he could be the lead announcer for that show. If they ever went that way, I don't know that they'll ever be that way. Um but I, I, I thought the match was incredible. After the false finish, I felt like the intensity cranked up a notch. The strikes were insane, incredible, great false finishes. And then, of course, the, the finishing sequence with Gresham. I, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that on an Impact show before with that pinning combination. Um, I, I thought it was just you know, absolutely incredible, just hands down, yeah. awesome, awesome match. It was just a, a magical finish, like. Just, yeah. just showing the pure technical brilliance that is Jonathan Gresham. And the thing I'm liking with these Ring of Honor matches, like, yeah, it's one here in Impact, but Rick Abani's calling the world title match <laughs> on the GCW show. So they're keeping mm-hmm. the consistency there of, like, that's our guy. He calls the title match, wh- whatever promotion it may be. So thumbs up to Ring of Honor for that. And that's how you at least keep your name out there because I don't even think Ring of Honor knows what's going to happen by the time April comes around. Yeah, I'm not sold. I'm yeah. not sold on this, by the way. What I, what Justin and I was just talking about on High Tension was how styles and how every company has its own style that they project, right? WWE clearly has a style. We've seen AEW develop a style. Impact really has what they like. And Gresham really came in and really got the Ring of Honor pure style over to this different mm-hmm. crowd. And I thought that was really cool. We don't see enough of that. Like we, everyone wants these like cross promotional stuff, but when you do these things, you have to understand that these companies operate differently and they have different styles. So styles make for matches. And, and that's hard to do because that pure style is not for everyone. Like if you watch like early ring of honor, pure stuff, like you have to be a deep, hard pro wrestling fan. Like that, like the British stuff from the late seventies to the eighties, like it's hard to get that style over. And Give Jonathan Gresham credit for what was that match? Like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. He, I think, really established what the style is, how important the rope breaks are, and what you can use the rope break for and to build up to your finish. When- yeah, I, I I love the rules of the pure style matches. I, I think they're great rules. 
Yeah, Jason's right. Like, not everyone can do it. When Ring of Honor brought it back, and and when the their pandemic era, when they focused on the pure division, they mm-hmm. really showed they really shine light on the fact that not everybody can do this stuff, and it takes a special kind of wrestler, not just someone who can go through all the you know the the ones and the twos of getting it but someone who can actually make you feel an emotion while doing it that's the tricky part and this is where i don't think there's a pure a, a pure grappler better than jonathan gresham in the world right now no man no he, he's he's fantastic uh so the next match another match of the night candidate man a lot of people voted for this match josh alexander uh, defeated jonah this was a a i don't want to say new japan style but it was a strong style uh, match um, that also featured a just an insane high spot where um, Josh Alexander got to the top rope and jumped over the guardrail onto, um, I almost called him Bronson, onto Jonah, into the crowd, onto a bunch of chairs. I thought that was great. And then, of course, uh, Jason brought up the big powerbomb spot, which I didn't think he was actually going to be able to get him up in. Um, an- another another great spot. Tons of uh, tons of false finishes and uh, hard-hitting, just very hard-hitting action. And uh, Alexander hit him with a German suplex, too, that I thought was also fantastic. Um, so overall thoughts on the match, guys? He, I've been saying it for months. John, you know, uh, Josh Alexander is our sting, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're having yeah. him go through the gauntlet right oh. now to build him up. That's for... just a perfect analogy, JD. Thank you. That is I make it every chance I can one. get. I compare, that is fantastic. I compared this. I'm gonna now I'll go into the steeper. I compared this to uh, Sting's '91 run when they were priming him for Luger, right? Where uh, he had been at the top, and now they're trying to get him up again. And he was feuding with Abdul the Butcher and Cactus Jack, and he was kind of dealing with the Dangerous Alliance a little bit and rude. And now we're seeing very similar stuff with Alexander. He went through Minoru Suzuki, and now we have Jonah. We've gotten like he's get they're throwing all these guys at him. I still think Scott's behind it. But like, this is seems to be where we're going. And this is a feud ender, right? Like, this is over. I don't know what happens to Jonah tomorrow. But, you know, if he's in and he's out and he goes somewhere else, I'm perfectly fine with it. And Mike, and I agree with you. I think this was very much uh, a New Japan, even for two guys who really don't have deep histories in New Japan. They have both had a couple of coffees there. But it was really that that type of fighting spirit match that I think they really exhibited right here. It's really good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's the style of match Josh Alexander can have. Like, I've called a match where he wrestled the guy, not as big as Jonah, but around, like, that 300-pound mark. And you're just in awe of just the raw strength that Josh has, where he can pick these guys up, do big power slams, power bombs, even. And I thought I thought the, the feud had a nice physicality to it. Like, you actually believe, like, Josh wanted to beat this guy up because Josh is still on the redemption tour of I got to get my title back. This guy not only tried to take me out, but he he hurt me. I was coughing up blood uh, after he, I was splashed off the top rope through a table. And I, I it just felt a little bit different, like a little bit more serious than anything going on. Like this felt like an actual fight and just the, the raw physicality that they bring. Like, you know, it was a big match because Josh did, a, as you said, Mike, like the, the dive from the top rope to the, the, the floor. Just very impressive. And I think JD's point that Josh Alexander is impact sting like from 1991 WCW is just perfect because he's finally been given this opportunity to shine. He was one of my honorable mentions for guys in 2021 that had the best years in pro wrestling. He wasn't going to win wrestler of the year, but you definitely have to put him in the top 10 uh, for what he's did in 2021 as a professional wrestler. And I think he's, you know, he, as JD said, he ends the feud here. I don't know where they go from here. I still think he's too soon to get that moose match. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to save that again for bound for glory come the end of 2022, but you're, you're still building the wheels up. You're building him and it's just gonna be roadblock 
overcome that. That's the way until we get to Bound for Glory, I think, where Josh finally has his moment at Bound for Glory. I think that he gets the moment at Rebellion. Um, That's in, soon, uh, huh? in, Yeah, I, I think in he gets Poughkeepsie. it in, uh, in Poughkeepsie in the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, which will probably be the largest uh, you know, crowd for an Impact show in a long time because they can actually get over 2,000 seats there. Um, a lot of the places that they go to, they're only, you know, 1,000, 1,500, sometimes even less. So um, I, I think that Rebellion is going to be where Alexander, you know, gets that. I think, though, that tomorrow during the Impact tapings, a either another monster or another heel is going to debut and uh, and start a feud with Alexander to I keep think- um, to keep Moose's or to keep his attention away from Moose. Do you know who it will not be? <laughs> the Gorillas of Destiny. Hey, I I said that I think that they're coming in, but I also said I didn't think that it would be hard to kill. So, um, speaking of if if they were (laughs) before before Mike before Mike moves on, I have a question. You guys are the ones that watch Impact every week. I chime in from here and there, but seeing an Impact tour schedule that got me excited. Like if I'm an Impact fan, this was the most exciting thing. It's like wow, they're actually going to travel and have events. At, and you know their events are usually reasonably priced, and they're coming out. It, that's I think what's going to separate them a lot this year is wow we're back touring. That's these mm-hmm. you know empty shows or just shows in Nashville. We're coming from you know the South, Texas, Florida, and you know Poughkeepsie, New York for this pay per view. Like that I think is a big step for Impact to get back touring and you know yeah. finally put as much of this pandemic behind them as they can. Yeah, you know, it's been a rough uh, few years, a rough a bunch of years for Impact fans because they got really excited that not only they're touring, they've already announced their tour dates and they've already started advertising locally to sell tickets, which makes them competent. And people are really happy that they are competent, which I happen to enjoy. I think that's great. It's, uh, it's, it, uncom- it's <laughs> uncomfortable. It's like we're doing yeah. something right. Ooh. Yeah, they're, they're doing something uh, wholly competent and uh, something that a professional wrestling organization should be doing. They're absolutely doing. Um, so let's get into our next match. It's the uh, Hardcore War, which I thought was going to be the Hardcore Boar. But I got to say, I enjoyed this match a lot more than I thought I was going to enjoy it. I, you know, of course, they had all the gimmicks, the, the cookie sheets and the trash cans. But I said, look, it's not Hardcore War. Unless we get some barbed wire, unless we get some fire, and unless we get some blood. And I'll be damned if we didn't get all three. They even brought out some GCW-style doors uh, randomly at some point. There, Somebody got put through a door, and then Rich Swan's head got bashed in with a door. So um, this was way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, Eddie Edwards, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, uh, Heath, and Rhino defeated uh, the Good Brothers. So the Good Brothers lost a match, which is good. Um, uh, Violent by Design, Eric Young, Joe Doring, and Diener. And uh, this was uh, Impact's kind of pseudo war games, but without a cage, but with just a lot of weapons. Um, like I said, we, we saw there, were, I think like four or five people in the match got juice, which was cool. Um, we saw they had a barbed wire board. Uh, Eddie Edwards at one point lit, lit a Singapore cane on fire and hit uh, Gallows with it, which was, uh, I don't think the fire actually touched him, but it was a no. cool visual. It, cool. <laughs> it was a cool visual. Um, and then after the match was over, the, the most important part, which I really thought drove home the whole segment together, was the Ring of Honor invasion where you had um, you had Matt Taven, um, Mike Bennett. We had, uh, what's the guy's name, Vincent? Vincent. What's his name? Vincent. Yeah, Vi- Vincent, not it's not Virgil, right? From WCW, it's yeah. a different Vincent. Different Vincent. 
Okay, yeah, Vincent and um, yeah, PCO also came out, and uh, and then Maria joined them as well. Um, and they they beat down everybody. Oh, they beat down all the baby faces in the match. I don't think they actually touched the heels. Um, and at one point, PCO did a a senton on the ring apron to Richwan's head. So that was uh, that was pretty gnarly, man. Um, overall thoughts on the on on that match, and then of course the closing segment. The match is what it is. I've lamented before like i'm tired of seeing cookie sheets and all that stuff it was fun for what it was it was hard like i said war games without a cage it was fine um better than i thought it was going to be i'll give you that uh the the closing segment made it for me like it absolutely mm-hmm. did. i thought when we had ogk because you and i have been pro ogk right yep. the whole time all we day said, yep. we said you bring in bring in bennett only if he brings taven with him and he, in fact, did more than that. He actually brought his mm-hmm. own partner, too. He brought in v- Vinny Marcellia, the current Vincent, who actually, if you were watching Ring of Honor, had a really fun gimmick. Like, mm-hmm. he was this, he was kind of a Bray Wyatt without the magic, right? He was just yeah. crazy. And it was fun. Uh, they hate each other. Him and Matt Taven tried to murder each other multiple times on television last year. They're cool now, I guess. It's like, whatever. And then well, once, you, yeah, once you go through the end of the feud, you know, yeah, you, you're you, gotta, you gotta just recome together. Because like, I, I thought it was going to be a Ring of Honor thing, but they did the Four Horsemen symbol, which is what the Kingdom always did. So because they, I don't know why, but they always did. So and then PCO is there now. So, so yeah, is this a ring? Is this a Ring of Honor invasion, or is this a Kingdom invasion who also has PCO with them now? I don't know. <coughs> I don't. I think it's honestly. I think it should be a Kingdom invasion because you don't want these guys associated with Jonathan Gresham. Right. Because if you have Ring of Honor being the NWO and then you have Jonathan Gresham doing his thing, I think it's kind of you get the streams crossed. But what Mm -hmm. do I know? Yeah, I think the best answer for what's going on is we don't know. We have to wait and see how this plays out. I think that's what you want to see. But seeing all this Ring of Honor talent in a uh, impact ring, once again, that this was unadvertised, I thought was effing excited like it was once again like wow it's the ring of honor they're invading they're doing these things like pco was a guy who ran a couple worked a couple indies when he was really getting going again and i ran into him i was like like what's going on next for he was like he was in talks with impact and then signed with ring of honor and that was kind of surprising but he's back in working in impact and i think impact's kind of a perfect place for him oh yeah the guy is just over 50 years old (laughs) and finally will get more eyeballs on him for this style of pco that we've seen it's gonna be i'm so excited what he can do Give him Josh Alexander. Imp, oh, they, they, I guarantee that happens. I guarantee yeah. that happens. I, ring, PCO in Impact makes way more sense than PCO in Ring of Honor ever did. I yeah. always, I never got that one. And when he was the champion, I was like, well, that's a choice. This is a choice <laughs> yeah. for Ring of Honor champion. But I love PCO. I think this is great. I, I This actually is the most, honestly, the most, this is the most intriguing thing to me in the company because I don't know where it's going. Like Jason said, I... This makes me more excited to watch Impact TV because yeah. I've loved mm-hmm. I love the show, but sometimes the TV they have a hard time translating the big energy from these big shows because the last Impact mm-hmm. special was really good too. I think they have a hard time translating that energy to the t- the weekly TV show. So I'm hoping this influx of new blood can really help spike that. We got a we have another visitor, Mike. All right, who do we got here? It says Jante's phone, but I have a hunch oh. that this is our man. Godzilla. That's right. It is. Godzilla. What up? What up? What's up, man? Hey, welcome hey. back to the welcome back to the show. Can you hear us? I can very well. Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, ab- absolutely, man. Hey, well, welcome back to the show. We'll keep you on here for a couple minutes. 
Hey, overall thoughts on the show, man. I thought it was a damn good show. I thought it was the kind of show they've been, they should have wanted to put on for the last eight months. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's all. <laughs> how many, how many, uh, out of 10, what, how many points would you give it out of 10? Out of 10, I'm going to give it like at least at the minimum an 8.5. I, I, I love go. this fucking show. I, think I love it. Absolutely. What was your favorite match on the show, man? Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to have to go Jonah and Josh. That match, the, the psychology of that I, I I've been in a ring before, and I've talked to a lot of veterans. So I'm not going to sit there and pretend that I'm, I, I know everything about wrestling. But listening to them and knowing somewhat uh, a little bit about psychology and watching that match, holy shit. I sat there and god damn, that was really fucking good. That was the way you build a fucking star. JD, you constantly say, if Josh is going to be the guy, let him be the guy. This is how you build him to be the fucking guy. I agree. What a match. I agree. I've been saying it. We were talking about it before he came on. I said, this is. This is still Sting. We're trying to make Josh our Sting, and this was another step in it. He slayed a dragon tonight. This is what you do. This is mm. how you build the big, your next big baby face. I love it. Everyone's saying this, by the way. Like everybody is on board with this being the match of the night, except me. Uh, yeah, exactly. and, the, the, the best, the, and I'm sorry. The best part of this show, and I do believe that the freeway is a little bit overbooked, but I, I, it's not killing me. No. So. The best part of this show is I believe that everything was properly booked. There was nothing that was silly. There was nothing that was stupid. There was nothing that made you say, yo, this is what the fuck. This is impact. This was exactly what you wanted the show to be. You watched it. And JD, I was with you, man. Even though I, I, I was with you and Mike, when Mike was like, man, I don't expect this to be a good show. And JD was like, oh, you know, well, you know, it is impact. You know me, man. I, I expect I'm always like cautious. I'm always like, ah, let's wait and see. You know, I'm always, I've never go crazy, but I mean, they won me tonight, man. They won me over big time. So uh, kudos, but, nothing but, but good you're not things wrong. But you're not wrong. And tonight they put on a hell of a fucking show, man. That was a great show. The, the, the hardcore war, which Mike was, was, was quoting, calling it a hardcore war. I agree with you, JD, the three matches in a row. Heard it a little bit. That's what I thought. I, yeah. Said, yeah. It was, they were all different matches. That being said, the angle at the end of that match put the little something on that match that needed because it didn't Absolutely. feel important before that. Absolutely. And that was really good. So I dug it, man. And this was a really good show. This was a yeah. show that when you, when, when you look at everything else, you're like, this is what you need to be doing to get eyeballs on your product. This was good. And thanks for having me back on, man. I love this shit. Always, I'm, always, always man. Love having you. Hey, I, I got, was, I got go one on. more. Go, Mike. Oh, sorry. I got, I got one more question, man. Hey, what did you think of uh, Tom Hannafin as the new announcer? My guy, um, I, I'm talking about from the pre-show, from the pre-show, and I hate to say this about a grown man. Matt Stryker deserved to lose his job. I, 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 when you heard that, from the, and, I, and I hate to say that, when you listen to this guy from the jump, you were like, holy shit, we were really missing good commentating on this show. And I, I, I thought Matt Stryker was great in Lucha Underground. I really wanted to like him in Impact. And when I seen Tom and D'Lo together, 
He made D'Lo a better commentator, which is great for a guy that's only been doing it for about a fucking year. And I didn't think Matt Stryker uh, accomplished that. And I'm sorry he lost his job, but I get it. I understand. No, I think Matt right. Stryker was literally one of the reasons you could not watch Impact because yeah. he was such a detriment to the product with him overselling everything, trying to make everything 10 times bigger than it was. He heard it. And like the product, I think, had a really good year last year, but he was the reason, like, I cannot watch this product, listen to this man for an hour, two hours. It's going to hurt it. And then you bring in Tom, who, as we've talked about, he's got WWE training. He's a proper broadcaster. Mm -hmm. He knows how to get the best out of his guy in D'Lo or the best out of Ian Riccoboni for the one match he was there. And he's just made the product 10 times more enjoyable. I think everyone's excited to see what he can do outside of that WWE environment too. Like impact's just going to let him cook. And that that's exactly mm-hmm. what they're going to do. I think they're going to make him do his thing. He's going to bring the product up a lot in terms of eyeballs on it for his background and how good he is. And I think, I think impact's got the right guy now as their voice. You see three Absolutely. different commentators on the show tonight. And Matt Stryker was the fourth best commentator. Yeah. Let's be real. And that's, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to shit on dude. I'm just being hundred percent honest. I really wanted him to work out as the voice of impact. He did it. And tonight it was, it was a lot of proof. Sometimes people just just don't fit, right? You hire people Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not a good fit for a job and striker. He had a lot of opportunities, but I mean, like, Every every week he'd be something cringy and he just it never worked and it felt like it felt like he didn't care a lot of the time too you know it just didn't he, just didn't work. He fake cried. He fake cried at Bound for Glory and I wanted to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> he did do that. That did happen. You know what I'm he fake cried at Bound for Glory and I was just like, man, if me and this dude walking the street together right now, it'd be on. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it is what it is, man. Um, I, good luck to do, you know, what, what do they say? Good luck in your future endeavors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, you wasn't the dude for the job, man. It is what it is. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for coming on the show again, man. We always love having you on. Uh, take care of yourself and have a great weekend, all right? Appreciate it, bro. Thanks for coming Dude, brother, look, look forward to listening to it at the gym tomorrow. Peace. Peace out. Peace. All, all right, guys. We uh, – we, we have been on a while. We got two matches left. Uh, we had world champion Moose defeating Morrissey and uh, Matt Cardona. Uh, I thought this was the match that didn't really live up to the rest of the show. Um, it was like a, it was a serviceable, probably two and a half, maybe three stars. If you want to be generous. Um, it was a WWE slash TNA style main event match that I'm glad was bumped from the main event because I thought that if it was, then the, the show would have ended on a sour note here. But uh, uh, Moose defeating Morrissey and Matt Cardona, what'd you guys think? Um, I agree with you. Like, we never, we've been critical on this match from jump. This should have not been, this is the one match that I don't think should have been no rules match, right? It should have been the traditional triple threat. One, it never made any sense to me why this is a triple threat when the vast majority of this feud revolved around Cardona and Moose, right? We thought that maybe we would have a, uh, maybe a double turn here. Maybe Morris, he would start moving more toward babyface role and Cardona would start going more heel. None of that really came to pass in this match, right? It was just a traditional match, right? And Cardona, I don't, I just don't think he's a good babyface. I don't think Chelsea's a good babyface. They're doing much better work in GCW. Like it just, it's not, it's not fitting to me 
right? It doesn't work, but it wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. It was overbooked no. as shit, but like the last match was overbooked and the final match was overbooked. So this one shouldn't have been overbooked in my opinion, but it wasn't bad. You know, I wasn't like offended or upset at the end of it, but at the same time, it wasn't good, but I didn't expect it to be because the buildup was not great. So, yeah. Yeah, the thing that I think hurt this match is we just came off like that Ring of Honor invasion and how they had to quickly turn from, oh, oh my God, was that was that supposed to happen to ah, the Ring of Honor or the Impact World title match and go to this video package where, you know, it's kind of contrived and part of the story and whatever. And I don't know I think that kind of hurt it a little bit. The match was fine, um, but I don't think anyone is really excited about this match going into the show and. It, it really just filled of a spot to kind of transition to the main event, which thankfully they actually put the, the women's match as the main event. Like imagine leaving this show with that oh. match as the main event. Oh, this would pain- be a different review. Yeah. My opinion yeah. of the show is totally different. If we close with this as the, as the final match. Yeah. Yeah. Smart, smart idea moving this match from the main event. And um, I, I think the, the highlight of the match for me was whenever um, Moose got launched from the top rope uh, through that table and he missed the yeah. table and smacked on the concrete. Yes. That that was a uh, brutal looking. I feel like Moose is spinning his wheels right now until we get to the Josh feud. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the main event. Uh, we had a Knockouts World Champion and 2022 Royal Rumble entrant Mickey James uh, defeating Deanna Perrazzo to retain the title in a Texas death match. Um, I think some people are kind of confused with the rules because uh, Impact does the old school style Texas Deathmatch rules where you have to where you have to get the pin and then the ten count starts versus WWE style, which is once you're down on the ground, then they start counting to ten. So I think that was a little confusing to people, but um, I I thought this match was great and I thought it was a great way to, to end the show. Uh, Mickey bled. Mickey went into thumbtacks. They went through tables. Uh, Deanna botched the table spot. They looked kind of. Like she took the worst part of it. She tried to powerbomb Mickey through the table. And I think that her whole ass just took the table. Um, but uh, other than that, I thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah, this was fun. Um, I think this is, a, <clears throat> this is a good way to go. I was convinced. I'm curious to see where we're going from here. Like, cause I was convinced Deanna was going to win. Cause you know, Mickey's not signed full time. She's got this big match with Roxy coming up. It seemed like they're going to do bell collector stuff. And this felt like a feud ender to me. Right. Like there's nothing more these two women could give to this match. So, again, it's not bad because I, I get why they want Mickey as the as the knock as the knockouts champ going into the Royal Rumble. They trust WWE a lot more than me. I'll leave it <laughs> at that. But um, I, I don't know where we go from here. Again, Deanna doesn't need a title to be over and she's going to have that Ring of Honor title. So I guess she's going to have two belts. But again, like what now? What what happens here? I just. I just don't know. I know some people are like, oh yeah, get Masha up there. Like, well, she's she's had one match on the sh- on the show. Let's let her, let's build her a little bit before we just thrust her into titles. Like, I just don't know where we go, and it's not a bad thing. I don't know. I just I just don't know what happens from here. Jason, yeah, I thought like the main event it was really good. Like, I thought both women have such good chemistry. Um, you add in the the violent element with the tables, the thumbtacks, 
was a nice little touch though. It's 2022. I can definitely do without open headed chair shots and cookie sheet yeah. spots. Uh, like, please put your hands up. Everyone knows that now in, in the year of 2022. Um, but other than that, that's my only real complaint. Uh, they did have, you know, a good violence thing to it. And probably Mickey had to win, especially for impact and her being in the Royal rumble. Like they couldn't take the belt off her and then, Oh, here's, an impact wrestler in our, in our <laughs> Royal rumble. Like that wouldn't have the same touch as uh, Oh, an impact world champion. But my whole thing on this, by the way, this impact Mickey James in the rumble. Okay. It's, it's a cool story. She's the impact champion. It's the same women every year in this match. The only yeah. cool thing is that WWE <laughs> is just working with someone that's not in WWE and, and actually advertising and saying the name of the company. That's the story. Mickey's James been every goddamn women's Royal Rumble that's happened. And they're <laughs> acting like this is a major story. It's I believe, not. It's, I believe it's she was in last woman. year's Royal Rumble too, you know? Yeah. I think she's been in every one. Yeah. I think she's yeah. been in every women's right. Royal Rumble. It's the same women every year. The only story is just WWE said Impact's name. That's the story. Yeah. Not the person involved. So I think we're a little overreacting to this. Oh, it's great time. for Impact to get the rub. It's great for Impact to get the rub, but this is not a big deal that Mickey James is in the rumble. She's been in it since the first one in 20, what, 19? Was that the first women's one? Like, she's been in them all. It's not yeah. a big deal, everyone. No, no. M- Mickey, Mickey James, just as Mickey James, not a big deal. But the, the big deal is that Pat McAfee's talking about Impact on SmackDown in front of over 10 million viewers that's the big deal and plus if you launch that worldwide you you know a lot of you're getting a lot more brand awareness for impact and that's what they need they need a lot more brand awareness and i thought that they um they had some brand awareness going into hard to kill tonight and i thought they capitalized on that which is what they didn't do when they had kenny omega they were not able to capitalize on the new brand awareness there all the new eyeballs that came over with it will that translate into pay-per-view bias tonight probably not Will it translate to ratings next week? Hell, I don't know if anything's going to translate to ratings on access right now, but um, I, I do think that this has been a, a positive, a net positive for impact, uh, you know, going forward. Yeah. I don't know how you can call it anything but a net positive for them. Like <clears throat> they've had experienced this before. Like they did get a lot of eyeballs when Kenny came in and didn't take advantage of it. So they kind of know what not to do a little bit. I think the product's a little more serious now. I think the product's a little, a lot better. So I think they need to take advantage of it. But at the same time, I, I don't think this goes any further. Like I've seen people go, oh, there's a partnership now. It's like, oh, <laughs> is there? Do you, and do you want there to be? Like there's not right. a long, there's not a great long history of WWE partnering up with other promotions and leaving them in a better place than they found them. Ask Gabe Sapolsky. <laughs> I, I think if you're impact you just ride this momentum from the royal from january and i don't think there's anything else they can really do like i've seen stupid articles like oh wwe wants impact to be there because of AEW. i'm like wwe could care less they're focused on themselves and the money that they're making that's all they want what money can we generate for this new deal and what can we get people to subscribe to peacock you know down in in your neck of the lands to to watch their their shows like they don't care about using that it's great for impact right now in the short term and keep it the short term don't make it a long-term thing to try to work with wwe wwe just exists in their universe and this is just an anomaly that happens every once in a little bit so well i got a question for you mike i got one for you it, we talk about this probably doesn't translate to any impact pay-per-view buys, right? But does is there a chance that some impact fans who might not, because not all impact fans watch WWE religiously, is there a chance that some impact people might pick up Peacock for this? Um, 
I, I there's not a many impact people out there. There's but, not. That's why I, I'm asking. No. Like, so uh, we're, we're probably talking about a, you know a fraction of a fraction. But I, I absolutely. So I I was already planning on watching the Royal Rumble because of Lesnar and Lashley. That's why I was going to watch it. I will I will peak Mickey James in the in the Royal Rumble. But again, now that Jason says that uh, that Mickey's in every Royal Rumble, it's not that big of a deal. I just think it's kind of cool. <laughs> she's going to be carrying the title. Uh, I you know I, I think that part is kind of cool. And to hear Impact being promoted on on uh, WWE, I think that's kind of cool. But is it going to translate into business for WWE? I no, not really. Um, I think curious. I think here 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 is what this is. This is all this is. I think Vince thought that Mickey still worked there. And when they were booking the Royal Rumble, he's like, "Where? What, what number is Mickey coming in?" And like Vince, she doesn't work here anymore. You fired her. Remember the goes, garbage well, bags? Remember? <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember the garbage bag? And he's like, "Well, can she still come in?" And they're like, uh, "We'll we'll make the phone call, you know." And then and then brought her in. I think that's what this is all about. I think uh, and the right. impact is capitulating. So here's a question too: Does if this doesn't happen, does Deanna leave tonight as as the champ? Yes. Yes, she. I think she wins the belt because they were kind of building up that Rock C match uh, at the end at the last Ring of Honor show at Final Battle, and it would be kind of cool for like that's the Impact Champion slash AAA Champion versus the Ring of Honor Champion. Deanna's trying to be like three champions at one time, like the as as you guys said, the belt collector female version. And I think if if not for Mickey James being out in the Royal Rumble, Mickey doesn't keep the belt. It doesn't do much to build up that match, does it? When she just lost. Right. The, uh, yes. No, yeah. no, but I do think that people will still be excited for it and it'll still be a title versus title because she has yeah. the triple A belt. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Well, I don't whatever think, the triple A title weighs in, in the American fans eyes yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think this I, I have a hunch this kind of came together this week. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't feel like something that was planned long term because the booking has pretty much said Deanna gets the belt back. Yeah. Right. And we were both like, yeah, Deanna's going to win until last night. And it was like, oh, oh, wait, no, probably not. So this because everything WWE is last minute. I feel like this is too. And Impact's going to have to ride it a little bit. And we'll see. Let's I'm cur- I'll tell you what, I'm more I'm more apt to watch the Royal Rumble this year just to see how this plays out. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. Well, guys, we just did another marathon show. Uh, I think we should go ahead and call it a night. Uh, Jason, thank you for being on the show, man. Uh, we, I, we haven't had you on since Slammiversary. Why don't you go ahead and, and plug your Twitter account and plug your YouTube page. You're still doing your YouTube show, right? Yeah, I actually just did an interview with uh, Jasmine Jazz Vicious, who's making her UFC debut uh, on January 22nd, UFC 270. Uh, so she won a contract contender series. I'll have that interview up on my YouTube channel, which is at Jay Hagholm. If you just Google that right now, you'll find it there. And of course my Twitter is at Jay Hagholm one, where you can see me and JD debate about <laughs> impact history from 2005 <laughs> on of what is, does this show fall in the realm of TNA or Important not stuff like that? Yeah. 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 And then at JD, graphic novel is out, man. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give a plug for that? Yeah, hit up uh, Deluge, available exclusively on Amazon right now. Uh, $3.99, book about an F- undercover FBI agent trapped in Hurricane Katrina. And uh, there's some real cops out to get him. So it's, it's actually picked up some business because of our show. So I appreciate that, Mike. That's awesome, man. And uh, we'll make sure to put that information in the show notes. We, we need to, this show is sponsored by Deluge, by the yes, way. Yes, this show yes. is sponsored by me. Yes, we had some technical difficulties and we forgot to say that in the beginning, but that's the show sponsored by Daily News, the graphic novel written by J.D. by God Oliva. 
Um, well, hey, everybody, that's going to do it for us uh, for this Hard to Kill post show. It's going to be uh, on Patreon. I think we're going to get it on the YouTube and Spotify eventually. Uh, and until uh, next week, Impact, uh, mahalo.